A huge lead over Kurt Busch, running in second. Looking for his second win of the 2022 season. He'll get it at Nashville Super Speedway. Chase Elliott wins. Yo, baby. Good stuff, boys. Thank you, guys. Welcome back to the Full Tank with Phil podcast, the first ever podcast about gambling on NASCAR. And on this week's episode, we are gearing up for the holiday weekend, 4th of July, coming up on Monday. And we are going to be taking a look back at Nashville to give a recap of that race, what we liked, what we didn't like, how we did with our picks, everything that we usually do with the week that was. And then we will set our sights to a properly named track for 4th of July weekend. It's Road America perfect spot to celebrate America's birthday. So we are going to talk about Road America in general, what stats we're looking at, um, what we're focusing on as far as our data set this week to be able to get to our next section, which is making picks, right? That's why we're here. So we're going to talk about some outrights and our strategy for this week on how to place the bets and who to place them on. Then we'll get into finishing position bets and some head-to-heads to close out the picks segment. And then we will get into something I'm really looking forward to. I've been doing some sports book reviews lately, and I have now arrived at DraftKings. Uh, so very much looking forward to talking about what we like and dislike about DraftKings, one of the biggest names in the onshore sports books. So can't wait to get to all of that. It's going to be a great show. Before we move forward, I want to call out, I was lucky enough to be a guest on another podcast, the Flag Hunting Podcast. You know those guys, Ian and Chris over there, talking NASCAR and golf every week. And they dropped their episode on Wednesday and had an absolute blast talking with those guys. It's a long episode. We were just having too much fun. We talked uh, all things silly season. We talked about Road America. We talked about the John Deere Classic and, you know, a lot more. So definitely give that a listen if you haven't already because uh, some really fun conversation there with Chris and Ian on that podcast. So give that a listen for sure. Um, also, this week on the betting preview show, the, the Twitter show that Derek puts out every week, I will be absent from the live show. I'll be sending my picks in because I am not able to make it, but uh, I will be back next week in person or live with those guys. So um, good luck to those guys and definitely still give that a listen as I'll, I'll send that link out when it's ready. So let's take a look back at Nashville because I feel like this race had it all. I didn't see where the Jeff Gluck poll ended up landing as far as was it a good race, what people thought about it. But um, I had saw at one point it was in and around like the the low 70s, which, you know, I don't know if that's great or, or not great, but I would say that it was a good race in my opinion. I feel like it had a little bit of everything, to be honest with you. Nashville, my the taste of my mouth coming into it from last year was that it was tough to pass. Obviously, Larson dominated. I was a little nervous it was going to be similar to that. And I didn't think that was the case this time around. I mean, there was definitely passing that could happen uh, depending on the situation. The drivers were forced into some hurdles with the weather. Uh, 
And as frustrating as that is, as a fan, as a gambler, you know, not knowing when the race is actually going to take place, it ended up all for the good, right? Because it forced teams to kind of change their strategies around and you got to see, okay, who was able to adjust and who wasn't. And it gave us an opportunity to see some night racing at Nashville, which who would have thought we would have had that opportunity? Not me. So it also gave that long red flag, gave people an opportunity to kind of reassess their bets and make some live plays on the the books to strengthen their card up a little bit if it wasn't looking too great. So it had a little bit of everything and, and ended up being a lot of fun. So obviously Chase Elliott is your winner, fan favorite. So can't really go wrong when the fan favorite wins. Um, and you got to hand it to those teams. You know, any team that was in it towards the end, they deserve, I mean, Chase's team, right? Let's focus on them. They deserve to win that race because of everything that they were able to overcome with the weather and, and the, the track and everything like that. So uh, props to the nine team. They were able to get it done. Now, our outright picks last week, you know, we called out Blaney, we called out Kyle Busch, and we called out Kevin Harvick as a super long shot. All three of those guys gave me hope last week. And I thought that that made it very fun to watch at multiple points of the race before the red flags and after the red flags as they were finishing. I thought I had an outright winner uh, basically throughout the whole race. It didn't happen. We didn't call out Chase as a winner, but it still made it damn fun. And Harvick, I guess, was one that I really had my eye on because he was a plus 2,500 number. And there was a spot in that third stage where he passed a bunch of guys all at one shot, took it three wide, bringing it to second place. And I was feeling it. I was like, wow, this four car, something clicked here at night. It was all for naught. They did not end up uh, getting much further. I think he kind of spent himself out a little bit trying to get to that second spot because they ended up kicking him all the way back to like fifth or sixth pretty quickly after that. But the fact remains, it was a fun race to watch with those outright picks. And then, you know, if you're talking about Kyle Busch, you know, which I had him plus 750, there seems to be a miscommunication, right? I'm not quite sure who it was, but Kyle decided to pit. People are saying that he was told to stay out. I saw radio communication that said that they gave the code Tennessee Titans, which people thought maybe meant two tires. Um, but in any case, Kyle decided to pit from pretty good spot as far as the track position goes. And because he did that, he brought his JGR teammates with him and a bunch of other guys like Harvick, opening the door for people like Blaney to get a better finishing position and, and have a better start on the restart. Chase stayed out, won the race. So I saw specific communication from Truex's crew that they told him, if he's able to start on the front row, you stay out. And he just like had a, a brain fart, basically. He just followed the 18 down pit road. So Truex betters definitely had to be pissed. I mean, there was a lot of gamblers out there that definitely were not happy with all those cars pitting. Rodney Childers came out and said that uh, that was a mistake on their end. And, you know, there's nothing they can uh, do about it now, but they'll look to improve moving forward on a, on a good car, you know. So we'll see what happens down the road for them. I'm telling you, this summer, I have to imagine that Harvick's going to get a win. So we'll see when it happens. But all in all, good race as far as our bet's concerned. Obviously, outrights didn't hit for us. Finishing positions did well. Uh, we talked about Ryan Blaney finishing top 10. He snuck into it, but he still did it. Ross Chastain finishing the top 10. 
he, you know, was a strong car most of the day. Harvick, top 10. Uh, Christopher Bell, top 10. All of those really uh, playing out for us for the good, so that was fantastic. Uh, still on the positive side, the day of the race, saw a, a DraftKings parlay of Chase and Chastain plus 300 to finish in the top five. I was talking to my guy Rye out there. He'll be on the, the podcast for Pocono. And he had messaged me like, hey, what do you think of this? I was like, dude, I'm already on it. Like, let's go. And that ended up hitting. So that was another good one. Um, but then to the negatives, Almarola, he was our bet of the week. Our tool hangers bet of the week did not hit again. I need to step it up. Um, and I'm kind of going all in this week on, on something. We'll get to that bet later on. But yeah, Almarola did not impress. He dropped like a rock as soon as that green flag wave. He qualified, I think, 11th or 12th and just absolutely plummeted from there. He just could not rebound, finish like, you know, late teens, uh, right around 20th. So not a good bet there. And then my head to heads. I don't know what it is with these head to heads. They were my bread and butter earlier this year. And now I just can't hit one to save a life. So uh, 0-3 last week just kills me because I love betting them. So we'll have to see if we can rebound this week. I don't know. I, I, if this doesn't work this week, if I don't hit anything this week, I, I got to go two and one. That's what my goal is this week. And uh, just looking at them, you know, it's nothing. nothing's a layup here. So we'll see. If I go 0-3 again, I got to change something up. We'll, we'll play it out. And next week I do have a guest on, so maybe that'll break the the tension up and we'll get a little full tank face off going. So, uh, yeah, got to do something this week for the head to heads. So overall felt like it was great and uh fun race to watch. I'm glad they are in Nashville. I, I hope that they go back next year when that schedule comes out because I thought they did a great job. So let's move forward now to road America. This is the third road course of the year. And last year, Chase had won this race since the the first race at Road America since like the 50s, I think it was. I think it was like 1957 or something, unless I was uh, misremembering. But first time there last year, and Chase went out and got it done, kind of, you know, solidifying the fact that he, at that point in time, was like the road course king. He could get it done anywhere. It doesn't matter where they send them. The nine team is going to come out victorious. He proved that last year. Things have maybe changed a little bit as we'll talk about in just a few minutes. But, you know, the track itself, I I thought the track put on a good show last year. I'm glad they're back this year. Uh, In talking with Chris the other night uh, about Road America, they were saying that this is a prime course to get um, the axe for the concept of the Chicago street course. So we'll see how this race does this weekend. But uh, I remember last year really enjoying practice and qualifying because there's that one turn that like really gets tricky for the guys. And there was a few drivers, I think Kyle Busch was one, maybe in practice or, or qualifying that, uh, you know, went off the course. And there was a few of them that just couldn't handle that one turn. And the TV coverage was great because they had the multiple angles. If you see the car like flying around and they get loose, it's, uh, it's all, all over for them. So I'm very excited for the race itself. Now, Speaking of the race, it's at 3 o'clock on Sunday. I put a Twitter poll out there, and I appreciate anyone who weighed in on it because I got a bit of a dilemma. I got a 4th of July party the exact same time as this race, and I didn't know what to do. You know, Do I put 
the race on DVR and come back and just like basically don't go on social media, don't do anything, come back and watch it in the friendly confines of my own home once I get back from the party later? Or do I kind of half watch it as I'm hanging out with my friends, chasing the kids around, you know, talking to everyone? Uh, What's the move? And I laid it out there on social media for people to weigh in, and it seems like the winner, two to one, is, uh, you know, 66% to 33% essentially was to half watch the race because it's just too hard to, to keep, you know, any spoilers from happening. So that's what I'll try to do. I will um, let everyone know how that works out for me. But, you know, that'll be the play in case anybody else. I can't imagine I'm the only one out there going through a similar situation this weekend with the holiday and everything. So uh, if you're in a similar spot, let me know. Let me know how you're handling it because I left it up to the vote and that's what came out the other end. So let's look at some track stats. Obviously, like we said, there's only been one race here that we really care about uh, within the last like 50 years. So when we are dealing with a situation like that, it's not the first time we've seen it. Uh, you know, even this year, right? We went to Coda. So what I'd like to do is just gather all road courses in uh, the Cup Series and and get a bigger sample size of what we're talking about with pole and top ten and everything there. So uh, the winner has started on the pole on a road course 15 times in the history of road courses, but no winner has started on the pole in 2021 or 2022. In the top five, the winner has started there 42 times and started in the top 10, 72% of the time, including at Sonoma this year. So we had Daniel Suarez starting eighth and he uh, was able to get the victory. Now, this is a big one because the winner has only started three times outside of the top 20 to win a road course race. But the last time it happened was Chase Elliott at Road America last year, starting 34th, which is pretty crazy. And as I'm looking into that there, I did find that last year at the Road America race, five of the top 12 started outside of the top 30 starting positions. That's wild. Like that is absolutely wild to even think about. So I want to sit here and say like, yeah, you know, starting position means everything and practice and qualifying is, is like musty TV. We need to make our adjustments to our bets after those things happen. But last year, I don't know. I don't remember the race. I haven't rewatched it yet uh, or if I will do that, but maybe there was something where people were off cycle. I don't remember it well enough to, to think that that was the case. It was just, you know, qualified poorly and they were able to execute or, or maybe they didn't um, get a chance to qualify and they were able to um, bring the car into the top 12. There's a prop out there for plus 1000 for a driver to win starting outside the top 20. Uh, so if you're looking at last year's stats, that's not too shabby. You know, you're going to have to probably take that bet now before qualifying, before that number either goes away or changes. But still, if you're a fan of chaos, there you go. That's something. Uh, manufacturer trends. I mean, Chevy's obviously been dominating the, the road course game lately. So, you know, it, it's really Chevy and everybody else. And, and that's what the odds would reflect. They are minus money to win yet again this week at Road America. But there's a little bit different people up top. And it's Trackhouse. We all know this, right? They're the story this year. Trackhouse is the quote-unquote surprise. You know, they are stepping up to the plate and they're doing more with what they have than basically everybody in the garage. 
And they're two for two on road courses. We had Chastain won a thriller. We were on that plus 2,500 uh, at Coda. And then Suarez just a couple weeks ago gets it done at Sonoma. So it's not what we saw last year, at least through two races, where it was either Chase or Larson. No, it's starting to create some parity, which we will get into here in just a bit when we're looking at our picks for the outrights and the odds overall. So the stats that I'm looking at, this is an important thing as I go through the episode each week, I like to talk about what the the data set is that I focus on because I'm going to refer to them throughout the whole episode. So I'm looking at seven races and it's the most recent race at every road course on the schedule from the last two years. So I'm going all the way back to the Daytona road course that is still within my set. And I'll probably keep that in there as we go through all the the races in 2022. Uh, But for a track like Coda or Sonoma, where we've been to them this year, I'm not looking at their race last year. So hopefully that makes sense. I'm looking at a set of seven races, the most recent races at the road courses that we've gone to in the last couple of years. So that's an important distinction to call out, you know, just in case my numbers are, are seeming a little bit different. But I did run them quickly to include them and the numbers don't change uh, too drastically. So uh, I just figured, you know, because we have new data on those tracks, let's throw out the old one and uh, we'll keep it to just those seven most recent races. So we're looking at things like driver rating, average finish. Now, the other thing that we'll be calling out is the green flag speed from 2022. That's important because we got the next gen car. So we've got two races now and this stat is only going to grow stronger and stronger as we get further down the road because we've got three road course races just before the end of the regular season. Like this is road course season right now. Um, So we've got this one. We've got the Indy road course and Watkins Glen all before the playoffs start. So if you're a driver who's outside the cut line and you're not very good at road courses, oh baby, you need to circle Daytona or something because uh, you're not really giving yourself a chance. I mean, I think most drivers at this point would have have to start the, the simulation on the road courses to try to get better because that's what the calendar structure is set up to do. You have to get better at road courses if you want to really compete down the stretch of the regular season. So that's the data set that we're still using. Like I said, still including the Daytona road course. Um, now, here's what I'm talking about parity, right? We have two road courses this year at Coda and Sonoma. If you look at the top five from each, there is no driver who finished in the top five in both races. We've got 10 different drivers finishing in the top five. That is wild. And we only have four drivers that have two top 10 finishes. So that is just so impressive to me. And, you know, the fact that all of these guys now, you could make a case for almost anyone in the field here. And it really just comes down to the odds. So my strategy around the favorite, which is Chase Elliott, No matter what book you're getting them at, it seems as if you're still getting them at a decent number, right? So DraftKings, I'm seeing them at plus 500. No matter what stats you cook up, Chase Elliott is an absolute monster on road courses. I I mentioned how Trackhouse is coming alive this year and everything, but if you're digging into the stats, you're digging into the data, Chase is going to be number one. It's hard-pressed to find a, a group of races put together around road courses that he is not number one. So the fact that he's plus 500 isn't too shabby, right? I kind of thought that he'd be going into this, especially since he won Nashville. I was nervous we were going to see like a plus 300 number, plus 250. It's not 
unusual. We, we've seen that before. So plus 500. Uh, some books have them plus 550 offshore if you have that. That's impressive to me. So my strategy is I don't want to get beat by Chase. So I'm going to throw something on him as more of an insurance play because I'm so intrigued by some of these guys with longer odds that I want to play around in those longer odds, but I also need some sort of fallback. I need a safety net, and Chase is my safety net this week. Um, So that's how I'm playing the favorite, plus 500. Like I said, if he was a lot shorter odds, I'd probably avoid that because that's still not worth it, but I would throw a unit or a unit and a half on Chase as a safety net in case he does go out and get it done because as he has proven, he can win from anywhere in the field, 34th last year at this track. So with all that being said, let's get to some of my outright picks to win the race this week. And the first guy, I mean, I hate to sound like a broken record because I I talked about him last week, but it's Ryan Blaney plus 1,200. I can't quit him. He's going to get a win this year, right? You'd have to imagine that. And this number for Blaney has my attention as well. So he's coming off of an up and down, up and down race at Nashville. And some people could say, all right, well, you know, those guys made a mistake coming in and, and that really opened the door for, you know, teams like the 12 team to get up there and get a good finish. What I see is perseverance of a team that has championship goals and, you know, they didn't let the spin and everything that uh, went poorly for them affect the outcome of the race. They were able to hang in there, get it together and pull themselves up and got it done. So, uh, you know, top five finish for Blaney, really impressive after, you know, spinning out and everything. So now you look ahead to this track, this road course, and he has been, in my opinion, flying below the radar a little bit on road courses in the last seven races most recent races, no wins, one top five, four top tens. His average finish is 10.2. That's second out of everyone in NASCAR. That gets my attention. His drive rating is 11th, which could lead you to believe like, okay, you know, maybe he doesn't deserve those finishes that he's been getting. If his average finish is second and his driver rating is 11th, like, do we really trust him? Well, you know, it depends. How are you going to view that stat? Glass half full or glass half empty? I'm going to choose to view it as glass half full and say, hey, no matter what the the track throws at the guy, no matter what happens, he's able to kind of whittle his way through and get a decent finish out of it. So that is something that I'm going to key in on here now. Um, He has a win at the Roval. Now, we talk about kind of falling into something. He did not really win that race. He was just Johnny on the spot. So, that isn't a necessarily a bad thing, right? Because that kind of stuff happens at the road course. We very easily could have seen something like that happen at Coda this year. So if you're putting yourself in the best position, which Ryan Blaney has done a lot lately on these road courses, good things could happen to you. His last three races, his finishes were ninth, sixth, and sixth. Back-to-back sixth-place finishes this year. His green flag speed this season is second out of everyone. So all of that is giving him a shot at a victory here. And, you know, the case for parity is in his favor, right? Because if we're saying like, hey, different guys have chances to win the races at these road courses than before, well, Blaney is one of those guys who could step up and get it done. Plus 1,200 is a good number. I really like the odds that I'm seeing there. Um, So definitely 
lock me in for plus 1,200. He's plus 150 to finish top five, which he's been you know hovering around um, this season on the road courses and last season. So lock me in for that as well. And then I'm also going to call him out in a head-to-head. So I'm going to save uh, a little bit more information on Blaney for the head-to-head matchup that I'm calling him out on just a bit later. So the value is there. He is one out of the four guys that has finished top 10 both races this year. So I got to say that this value is just too intriguing for me to pass up. The next guy that I'm calling out a little bit further down the odds list, plus 1,500 for Christopher Bell. Is this a trendy pick? I don't know. I'm not sure if if guys are going to be on Christopher Bell or not. He's had some success on road courses. This track, Road America, he finished second last year to Chase. He won the Daytona road course, so I mentioned how that's you know still part of my data set. It was a while back, but he did get that win. Now, in his last seven races that we care about here, one win, three top fives, five top tens. Average finish is tied for third, and the driver rating is also top 10, 90.6. So all of that to, you know, bundle that together, you're saying, well, wow, you know, this guy is strong, strong on road courses. A downside to call out, just to, you know, be transparent here, he hasn't led a lap since the Daytona road course. So, you know, that isn't uh, something that I really want to see if I'm calling him out to win the race, but some more success. I mean, he finished third at Coda this year. So he has finishes to kind of hang your hat on. Now, another thing that I found while looking into his stats, he tends to bounce back pretty well after a bad race on a road course. And he's coming off of a rough one at Sonoma. But Sonoma last year, he finished 24th. At Road America, he bounced back, finished second. 36th at the Indy Road Course, bounced back, finished eighth at the Roval. Well, he finished 27th a couple weeks back at Sonoma. So he seems to be able to gather himself, you know, look at the notes, Look at the data and and get it done. Five top tens out of seven races that we care about, and three top fives out of the seven. Uh, he's plus two hundred to finish in the top five this week again at Road America. So I think that that's definitely worth your consideration. This is uh, just a, a good value pick here, Christopher Bell. Um, I'm really waiting for him to kind of step up. So this could be a week where the twenty car looks good. So now we're getting into our real big value pick, and it's down to plus 2,500. It's Tyler Reddick. I don't understand why we're getting such good value. He's on DraftKings at plus 2,500, and you know I think that even if he was shorter odds, I think it's still worth it. So he's my long shot of the week, and I'm surprised to see him this low. I don't really understand it. we got to jump on this opportunity, why we have that ability, because I was assuming that Reddick would be down there with like the Christopher Bells or or even Blaney's of the world. So not since talking about like kind of bouncing back, right? We said that for Christopher Bell. Let me throw something out there for you for Tyler Reddick, because not since the 2020 season has he had four straight finishes outside of the top 10. Well, right now he's working on three straight outside of the top 10. So all of last year and, and all of this year, he has not gone four straight races outside of the top 10. So I'd have to imagine he is at least going to be there, right? So if you're there, you have a shot. Looking at those seven races, two top fives, four top tens. His average finish, 17.0. So that's, you know, not great, but 
most recent and oldest tracks in that seven set of data points that we're calling out here were 30 plus finishes. So his race at Sonoma and then his Daytona road course. So the most recent and the oldest 30 plus everything in between pretty damn good. Honestly, his driver rating is sixth in the last seven, 90.6. And that tells the story that's a little bit better, right? So I'm choosing to look at this glass half full. He's just not getting the finishes that maybe he's deserved because his driver rating is there. It's in the, the top six out of everyone in NASCAR. So that tells a story that we like to hear a little bit more. Then in 2022, his green flag speed on road courses is seventh. So we can't complain about that either. And, you know, the last time he was outside the top 10 on a road course, he finished second. That was Indy going to the Roval. So 35th place finish at Sonoma last year. Maybe he bounces back. I like it. He led five laps last year. So he knows what it's like to lead at the Road America course. I don't hate that whatsoever. So he finished eighth. Got to qualify well. I mean, I know we kind of made a, a statement earlier that like guys were able to drive up to the front from a further back qualifying position. But I feel like Tyler Reddick is going to need to be good off the truck in order to, to be good there. So... Um, hey, it's a new, newer track, and so far this season, on road courses, we've seen guys get their first wins of their career, so why not Tyler Reddick? I don't mind it. He's also going off at plus 300 for a top five, if that hits you a little bit better, and he's got a one-on-one, -on -one, a head-to-head -head versus William Byron, which he is another person that has a good driver rating and a poor average finish, and, you know, really more so than Reddick has had some bad finishes, just hasn't been able to close the deal. Even though he's driving well throughout the race, he has something goes wrong or maybe they get off cycle and just can't recover. Whatever the case may be, Byron is like that to a worse extent. So I would take Redick over Byron in that head-to-head -head matchup if you see that out there. So got a lot of value here. Like I said, we got our safety net up top with Chase Elliott. But uh, as far as our value picks, Ryan Blaney plus 1,200. We've got Christopher Bell plus 1,500 and Tyler Reddick plus 2,500. You can sprinkle that stuff out. It's phenomenal. It's like Value City, baby. Do you remember remember that department store, Value City? I don't know if that was like a nationwide chain, if it was just around our area. I feel like it was pretty big. They're out of business now, obviously. Uh, we actually used to do like races. We used to like <laughs> race our stupid like mom and dad's cars out front of the old Value City shopping center that was just like shut down. Um, well... We're going bargain hunting right now in Value City. We're Blaney, Bell, and Reddick. I love these numbers, baby. We'll have to put up a graphic for that one. Uh, so Value City is what the name is for the outrights this week. Lock it in when you can. Buggity, buggity, buggity. Let's go racing, boys. So now let's get to some finishing position bets and also some props and, and some specials that I'm seeing out there right now. So to recap a couple others that I called out during the outrights, I like Blaney top five and I like Reddick top five as uh, a few that could uh, get us some value there. And don't forget about Christopher Bell. I almost left him out plus 200 to finish in the top five. So those outright picks, if they just miss, you know, shoot for the moon, you land in the stars type of deal with the finishing position bets for those three. Now, the other guys that I'm going to call out here are really swinging for the fences. So if you're a fan of this section where I call out guys who are plus money and, you know, an opportunity to really get some value, then you'll like these picks. If you like me kind of hovering more around the equator and, and the minus money, um, then, you know, I apologize. But 
We're going to start with Chris Busher, plus 120. He's got two top five finishes in his last seven races. His average finish in those seven races that we're talking about is 12.0. That is good enough for tied for third with Christopher Bell. And this season, those two races, green flag speed, he's eighth in green flag speed. He was fastest at Sonoma, the track that we were just at as far as road courses are concerned. Such a strong performance for Chris Busher there. If you remember, he qualified really well. And, you know, people were kind of saying like, all right, well, once the race starts, he'll fade. You know, things will kind of come back to earth. And that's not what happened. Even the sports books were saying that. He qualified, I think, like second or third. And the sports books didn't adjust his odds really at all. Basically thinking the same thing that maybe NASCAR fans were thinking. Like, okay, you know, that 17 car, good for him, but he'll drop. And he just never did. It was a strong, strong performance for that team. So you love to see that out of a team like that. Parody, it's what we're saying. Two of his last three road course races, he's finished in the top five. That goes back to last year. So that right there is, you know, something... To shut the haters up, I guess, is the way to say it. Like, you know, if you have somebody that doesn't believe in Chris Busher, well, you know, if you're doing the what have you done for me lately, Chris Busher's there. And we're asking him to finish in the top 10. Now, the thing that, you know, if we're calling out the good and the bad, well, Busher had the tire fly off mid-race at Nashville. And they've got some big, big suspensions coming their way. Um, so it'll be the crew chief and it'd probably be a, a group of their team members. If I saw the news correctly, I didn't see the news officially drop. They said that that would happen, um, at some point, you know, after the, the 29th, but, um, that's definitely coming. So yeah, that'll play a factor. You know, maybe that steers you away from Chris Busher. Maybe you wait for that official announcement to come out, see how, the team kind of reacts to that. Are they going to appeal or are they just going to accept it? I don't really think you can appeal something like that where the car has no wheel and the wheel is beating other cars off pit lane and down the racetrack. But I digress. Um, maybe you wait for that information to come out and maybe these odds go a little bit better. Now, I have been suckered into watching a reality show. All right, I'm going somewhere with this. Just hang with me. There's that new reality show, Austin Dillon's Life in the Fast Lane. All right. So it seems pretty corny, right? It's it's a reality show with him and his buddy Paul Swan and their wives. And, you know, it's all hunky-dory. But there was actually something on the first episode that was interesting to me. And it was RCR's start of the season for 2022. And they had a pit crew competition. And they had the eight team and the three team and their Xfinity teams. And then there was a RCR development team as part of this competition and who could do a four tire stop the fastest. I don't know if it was like a bracket format or whatever, but what I do remember is the RCR development team came out victorious. They beat everybody. And these are the guys who are trying to get into the show as pit crew members. So where I'm going with that is, you know, if we've got pit crew members suspended, their backups are, are just as capable. You know what I mean? So the real concern would be if you're a huge fan of the crew chief of the 17 not being there um, or you don't like that, maybe you steer away from this one. This doesn't scare me as much. I would actually, you know, welcome a, an odds change for the better um, if you want to get me something worse. So uh, 
Plus 120 is what I'm seeing on DraftKings. I'm waiting for the Barstool line to come out as well because I think that this is a good driver on road courses that is kind of flying below most people's radar. So top 10 number, it's not too out of control to you know ask for something like this. The next guy that I'm going to call out is even further down the odds list. He's plus 150 on DraftKings, so you might be able to get him better on Barstool for top 10, and it's Michael McDowell. Uh, this was somebody that had a strong run going at Nashville, and then he got bottled up towards the end. He finished outside of the top 10, which was a real shame because he was running within the top 10 for a lot of that race. And we actually had a uh, red flag show on Twitter that, that Derek and Chris Wormy started. And I was actually going to the grocery store, and I, I just tuned in, ended up you know talking. I don't know how well... Uh, I was coming through with the grocery store, you know, people uh, speaking in the background, the big loudspeakers probably annoyed some people, but I was chiming in here and there. And somebody on that show, it might've been Chris Wormy, um, who has, you know, his new podcast out, Stay Green. He brought up McDowell as part of that race. And he actually was looking ahead to Road America, which was funny to me because I, you know, started doing my stats on Road America late last week and McDowell was somebody who came up. So when he called that out, that got me thinking even more about McDowell and made me excited to see how he finished that race. I was really upset to see him finish outside the top 10. That was a shame. Uh, but if you're looking at his road course stats, I think you can take that momentum, right, that you were just talking about. He deserved a better finish there at Nashville. Then you say, all right, in his last seven races, he's got one top five, two top tens. He finished third at Sonoma. He's 12th this year in green, green flag speed, excuse me. His average finish is 17.3. Obviously, that's not mind-blowing. You know what I mean? We're not blowing the doors off of anybody there, but we're talking about a guy who's plus 150, maybe better, if you can get a, a better number at a different sports book to finish in the top 10. That's you know kind of what we're talking about here. His last three finishes, he finished third, 13th, and 16th. So what we're trying to say here is he's in the ball game. And you take consideration, he should have deserved a top 10 at Nashville. He got a third place finish at Sonoma. This team has all the momentum in the world. They kept the momentum up from the bye week and parlayed that into something at Nashville. For a team like this, that's huge. So I like the fact that they're running well. He's supposed to be a road course guy, or he has that road course background that we typically don't see. Um, so Going back to the, the Daytona road course, you know, I remember being on him for a top 10 at the Daytona road course, and he absolutely came through for us. So I like it. I like cheering for Michael McDowell. So plus 150, possibly better on Barstool if you can get it. That number's not up yet as I'm recording. So lock it in. I, I think it's a good longer shot for a top 10 and have some fun this week. So now... I'm going to get into some of these parlays, these pre-made specials that DraftKings is offering at this time. And I'm going to go back to the well. I mentioned this earlier in my recap of Nashville, and they are offering Chase Elliott and Ross Chastain top five for both of them to finish in the top five plus 300. It hit last week, and these are two of the top guys for the favorites to win the race. And in green flag speed this year, they are both... Obviously, I mean, Ross Chastain's the number one guy in green flag speed. Chase Elliott's fourth in that category in 2022. So why not? You know what I mean? These two could be battling for the lead if, if everything were to play out the way, you know, the 
race would play out on paper. If we ran like a computer simulation, they, these guys would be up front. So I really like this bet. I think that we're actually getting good value there for plus 300. Typically, I would say, man, two guys to finish in the top five for only plus 300. That's not too great. But when you look at these guys, I think that is pretty damn good. And the fact that it hit it last week gives me even more confidence. So um, lock me in for this again. We're going to run it back and see what we can do there. Now, I realize that this isn't available to absolutely everybody, um, you know, but I think that maybe in another way, you know, if you don't have DraftKings, something else that I'm saying is I, I don't mind either one of these guys for top fives um, individually if your sports book offers that. Now, this is another DraftKings bet, but I think that this does exist on multiple sports books. Um, this is looking at all members of a team finishing in the top 10. And the team that I'm calling out with some damn good value here is Joe Gibbs Racing, plus 550 for all four drivers to finish in the top 10. Now, that seems a bit ridiculous, but let me tell you this. There was a race earlier this year, I can't put my finger on it, I'm just thinking of this now, where we were on this bet and it hit in 2022. And if you look back at Road America last year, this bet hit. If this was a bet that they offered last year, we would have hit plus 550 because all four of these guys raced really well. And the reason I like this bet is because it gives you a little something on some of the guys that I'm a little skeptical of, right? Like Denny Hamlin, we're going to talk about him in a bit, I think. Um, Truax and, and Kyle Busch, I talked about Bell, how I think that he can win the race. All four of those guys could win the race. Like it would not shock me whatsoever if they won the race. So if you think that they're able to keep the cars clean, hey, why not? It's a bit of a flyer. You, you need to have a lot of things go right for that to hit, but they've proven as an organization that they can do it this year and the fact that they can do it at this track. So plus 550 for all four of them. Like I said, long shot, but it's not out of this world crazy. It's not too far-fetched. So lock me in for that. I'm, I'm in for a little fun, fun trip with that one. Now, here's one that um, I think you should probably be able to get a better value on, but, you know, beggars can't be choosers when you're looking for some fun bets. The pole winner also winning the race plus 700. So the reason why I think that this is a fun bet is because, you know, we talk about, okay, now that a lot of these books have odds for uh, drivers to win the pole. Okay. You know what I mean? That's tough to do. I, I think I spoke last night uh, with Chris and Ian, how we like Tyler Reddick as a plus 1600 shot to win the poll. That's fine. You know what I mean? I'm in on that. I can ride with some people who believe in, in, uh, guys winning the poll. I'm actually kicking myself. I'm definitely betting on Reddick after talking with Chris, because, you know, our chat that we've got on Twitter with our guys, Rory and Skybox and Derek, um, those guys have given out some, some good poll picks throughout the season. And, um, I haven't ridden on those like Kyle, Bo excuse me, Kyle Larson, for example, at Sonoma, it seemed like a lock. I was just like, eh, you know, I'm going to wait um, missed on that. You know what I mean? So I don't want to miss out if that hits. Now, going to this bet, what this does is allows you to cheer for qualifying for guys that you think are going to be legit and hoping that one of them wins the poll. So if you've got a guy like Blaney, Bell, Reddick, who we're calling out as guys that, yes, we do like them to win the race or Chase for that matter. Now you're cheering for these guys to win the poll because if you believe in them in the, way, in the race, and they were able to snag the pole. Now you can 
cheer for qualifying and you still have a, a, a dog in the fight for the actual race. The other thing is, even if you don't get a guy that you particularly love to win the race outright on the pole, your bet isn't dead after qualifying. You now have a new horse that you're cheering for at plus 700, which is not too shabby. So as long as it's not somebody crazy like Corey LaJoy winning the poll, uh, where that value would mean nothing, it's not too bad. You're basically picking up another driver as an outright at plus 700 uh, and having some fun in the process. So I think that's an interesting one to throw out. I really do. Now, the last bet that I'm calling out here is our Tool Hangers Bet of the Week. Now, if you haven't heard about toolhangers.com yet, they specialize in custom tool hangers for storing, organizing, and displaying on pegboard tool walls from circular saws, drills, batteries, cords, garden tools, hand tools, whatever you have in your garage or your tool bench that you're trying to make a little bit more clean, more tidy, organize that stuff up, store some things a little bit better. Toolhangers.com is going to be able to give you what you need for your pegboard to put everything in its proper place. And we're doing such such a cool thing with Toolhangers.com. You can go to Toolhangers.com slash full tank and see what our current pot is for our gift card. So each week I'm allotted $10 to place one bet on what I'm calling the bet of the week. And if it hits, that money goes into the pot. And after the Daytona regular season finale, we're going to give away that amount of money in a gift card to the website for anybody who registers. So um, definitely give that a look. We're right now, we started off pretty good. Now, I'm a little not happy right now with where we're at. I think I'm at like $34 or something like that. I wish uh, I had made some different decisions in the last few races, but in any case, my bet of the week this week, I'm trying to just go like scorched earth with it. Hendrick Motorsports, I'm getting plus 150. That's not too shabby to me. That's a $15 entry into the pod. If it were to hit, I'm getting Chase, I'm getting Kyle, and you get Willie B and Bowman in case one of those guys, you know, shocks the world and, and gets it done. It's not too shabby, not too crazy for either one of those guys. Bowman has had some success on road courses in the past. He's one that coming into the 2022 season, I was kind of high on. He almost won the damn thing at Circuit of the Americas, laid an egg at Sonoma. You know, so coming off of a weak one. So maybe he's flying below the radar. You might be able to get him outright, but I don't need him outright. I just need Hendrick Motorsports. I'm getting William Byron to boot. So plus 150. It's the bet of the week. I don't think I really need to explain myself much further for that one. You know, I, I typically like to go in a lot of detail with the picks, but hey, I'm getting all four of those drivers. Man, lock me in. So plus 150. I think this is. Uh, a situation where I'm trying to go with a safer play to try to throw some more money into this pot here. And uh, this is what I see as a pretty damn safe play, hopefully. So knock on wood, we'll lock it in. So I uh, won't recap every single one of those, but we've got Chris Buescher plus 120 for a top 10, Michael McDowell plus 150 for a top 10, and then my bet of the week, toolhangers.com, Hendrick Motorsports plus 150 is the bet of the week there for Road America. Yeah. you send my baseball? Sure. There. Wow. Avoid the clap, Jimmy Dugan. Wow. That's good advice. Okay, we've made it. It's the head-to-head -head section. I'm here begrudgingly. I got my tail between my legs. Um, you know, not feeling too great coming off of the last few weeks. I mean, combined with uh, the podcast and, and Derek's show on Wednesday nights, I haven't been doing great with the head-to-head -head section. So 
I'm trying to, you know, get back into it here. And I'm going to start with one that I kind of teased earlier. It's Ryan Blaney minus 120, a guy that we called out to win the race versus Joey Logano. He's plus 100. So I talked about Blaney and I do really love this matchup because it's really, you know, the fact that I think Blaney can win the damn race to begin with. And it's also a little bit of hate on Joey because I used to really like Logano at road courses. He at one time was somebody that you'd have to consider pretty heavily every time we went to one of these. But this back when it was really just Watkins Glen and Sonoma every year. Now that they've added a lot more into it, he hasn't really stepped up to the plate. So if you look at Joey's last seven races, one top five, two top tens, five of the last six races, he has finished 15th or worse. And, you know, when I say worse, oh, I mean worse. 31st at Coda this year, 34th at Indy. His average finish is 18.3. That's good enough for 20th in NASCAR. Now, the one thing is their driver rating is actually relatively close. Blaney still wins that matchup between that stat. It's 88.0 to 85.7, but Blaney still, you know, has him beat in that category. But the fact is, Blaney just simply gets finishes. Now, you could be saying to yourself, well, Phil, Logano beat Blaney head-to-head last year at Road America. And you know what? You're right. That is true. But since then, Blaney is 4-1 and one head-to-head against Logano on these road courses. Now, this is a stat that I held from earlier when we were talking about Blaney to talk about now because I talked about how he just gets finishes. So Blaney is the only person in NASCAR these seven races that he's finished in the top 20 every single time. He's seven for seven. No one else can say that. Now I know top 20 isn't exactly the bar that you're looking to you know, hit here, but it, when you look at it and see that everybody else is kind of struggling in that sense, seven for seven and he's by himself, hell, I'll take that. Run with that stat. Joey Logano He's four for seven to finish in the top 20. So if you're the same person who says, well, top 20, you know what I mean? Who cares? Blaney's seven for seven. It's only top 20. Well, Logano's only been able to do it four times out of seven. So for that pick, I'm going with Ryan Blaney to try to get me back on track here, minus 120. I expect big things out of Blaney. I'm hoping he doesn't let me down. So now I'm going with a teammate matchup here. And I talked about the JGR camp a little bit. This one has Denny Hamlin pinned up against Martin Truex Jr. The favorite in this one is MTJ. He's minus 120. Denny Hamlin is plus 100. And it's the odds that have my attention here. Why is Martin Truex the favored matchup in this scenario? Because both of them have very similar stats. It's not like, you know, Truex is way, way better than Denny Hamlin. And the fact is, they both aren't really killing it on road courses, like to be quite honest. Um, both have one top 10 in their last four road course races, just different races, which is where they had that top 10. So let's start with Truex and we'll go back to back here with the stats. Uh, so a lot of numbers coming your way right now. MTJ in his last seven races, he's got one top five, three top 10s. His average finish, 14.4. That's good enough for eighth. His driver rating, 88.5, 10th place. That's serviceable right? That's pretty damn good. Well, then you go to Denny Hamlin, last seven races, four top fives, four top tens. Both of those stats are better than what Truex put up. His average finish is 12.9. That's good enough for fifth, better than Truex. And his driver rating is 101.5, third in NASCAR. 
better than Truex. So it's the four for seven top five stat that has my attention right now. And it's just really tough to let go of that. And this season, though, Truex is 2-0 and on the road course starts. But, you know, they weren't really that fantastic. It's not like either of them were lighting the world on fire. And Denny actually has him in green flag speed this year. So that puts your head in a bit of a pretzel, right? You got Truex 2-0, and but Denny's better as far as green flag speed. So how do you really outweigh one compared to the other? So the gating factor for me is the consistency of being up front. Denny has led laps in four straight road courses uh, before the Sonoma race. Truex, his last time leading a lap on a road course was Watkins Glen last year. So it's the stats that are just, you know, better than Truex, everything that we just laid out. Last year at Road America, Denny was fifth, Truex was eighth, so he beat him at this track. And you're getting plus 100 odds. Give me Denny Hamlin in this matchup. I, you know. This may be one that you want to wait, see how the guy's doing qualifying, but I, for one, am a fan of these odds for Hamlin, so lock me in, plus 100. Not going to get better odds than that, I would imagine, uh, for Hamlin, so if you are behind me on this one, you're going to want to lock that pick in as soon as you can. So then the last item, our last head-to-head matchup here for Road America is a big one. It's a bit of a slobber knocker. I'll call it a slobber knocker. Let's do it. Kyle Larson, minus 120 versus Ross Chastain, plus 100. Kind of a similar situation. The odds got my attention here. So, first and foremost, I just want to see Kyle Larson. When is he going to really come through and be the Kyle Larson that we kind of saw last year? Because week in and week out, we keep seeing Larson getting the odds favored in his direction and maybe they're not necessarily deserving, right? Because the sports books might be looking at his last year's stats, expecting him to do what he did. Last year at Nashville was a perfect example of that. Excuse me, last week at Nashville, right? He was a huge favorite, really not based on anything this year, but based on what we saw last year. And it seems as if in this matchup, the books really aren't paying attention to this season. Every Everyone still thinks that it's last year, but, you know, I don't understand it. He didn't even lead a lap last week at Nashville at a track where he led 264 laps the year before. So this season, if you're paying attention, Chastain, he's got more wins. Just overall, we're not talking about road courses. He's got more wins, more top fives, more top tens than Kyle. And we're going to talk about our road course stats here, but, you know, that alone should be like, okay, well, maybe we start with that guy as the favorite, Chastain, if you're a sports book talking about it, and then see where the, the numbers end up for the road courses. But that's not what we're getting. Automatically, Kyle seems to be the, the favorite, and whoever he's facing is just the underdog. So let's look at Kyle and his last seven road courses. Two wins. That gets your attention, sure. Three top fives, three top tens. His average finish is 13.6. That's good enough for sixth place. And his driver rating is second. Damn good numbers, right? So maybe that evens the score a little bit. If you were a logical sports book, now maybe they're even. You look at Trastain, one win, one top five, three top tens. So they have the same amount of top tens. His average finishes 16.9. Driver rating equals eighth. So Larson has him in both those categories. But in 2022, it's been all Ross. He beat Kyle 2-0 on both road courses this season. He won the Coda race, seventh at Sonoma, his teammate won that cinema race and he's first in natural speed this year on road courses. So he's the underdog. You're telling me that that's the underdog. 
Give me that plus 100 for Ross Chastain. I'm not looking back. If I get beat by Kyle Larson in this matchup, I'm not upset about it. I'm taking the odds and the guy who has been better this year. And if it doesn't work out in my favor, so be it. So lock me in plus 100 for Ross Chastain. So it's him, Hamlin at plus 100 over Truex Jr. And Ryan Blaney, minus 120 over his teammate, Logano. So now we will get to yet another sportsbook review, and this is going to be for the DraftKings Sportsbook. So if you've been following along with us this year, we took a look at FanDuel, we took a look at Barstool, MGM, and now we're getting to DraftKings. And those are the four that I have been utilizing. Now I've been hearing good things about others, uh, like Caesars, I'm trying to look into that as well. Um, I don't use any offshore books, but I will be, you know, looking to see if there's anything else. I used to use Sugar House. I do not use Sugar House anymore, but uh, so I don't know if I do like a full review of them since I haven't been using them lately. But as I have guests on throughout the year, if they're using different books than I do, I will definitely get their take on things and maybe do a, a quick review from their point of view as we talk about other things. But uh, also looking at doing maybe something a little bit special on the side for sportsbook type conversation with uh, some of the fellows that we've been working with lately. So stay tuned for that if that comes to fruition. But for today, we're taking a look at DraftKings. And I was saving DraftKings for last of the four that I've been utilizing because there's no hiding it. It is my favorite of all of them. So we're looking at these sportsbooks, not as a, a whole, but really zeroing in on the NASCAR portion of the books, how they treat NASCAR, how they treat their NASCAR users. So that's what we're looking on. And DraftKings is so good to start with their NASCAR content because they are always, every single week, the first people to release the odds for the upcoming race. And sometimes it comes in maybe like Monday night and it's a trickle effect uh, where you just get like the outright odds to win the race. And then the rest of it will be a little bit more populated. Then you'll see top three, top five finishing position bets, and then more and more come out later, like the head to heads, group bets, etc. Lately, I can tell you that we have seen everything drop all at once on Monday nights. And it's been fantastic. Like I'm sure it's not just me. I've got a podcast to try to put together and it's, a lot of it is based off of the odds, right? We can't really make picks until we see the odds. But for anyone, if you're a gambler, you like the sport, it's got to be fun for everyone to be like, okay, great. It's Monday night, Tuesday morning. Let me start, you know, sip my coffee, looking through the odds. Who are we going to like this week? That is awesome to have that so early. It beats the other sports books out of the, the game, beats them out of the gym when you're looking at that because – Nobody else really has their stuff posted until like Wednesday, sometimes maybe Tuesday night, but to be the first one on the block is a big deal in anything. So to have the odds released first just plays a, a huge factor for me. Now, you look at their user interface, I think their user interface is pretty good. It kind of changes under your feet every now and then, so they're constantly trying to improve it a little bit. But uh, for the most part, they've got a, a section at the top where you know, they try to feature um, some quick 
you know, links to various items. So if there's a big event going on, like the Stanley Cup Finals, or right now Wimbledon's going on, they'll have that button at the top. But if you play a certain sport enough, like NASCAR, when that becomes available, that bubble pops up at the top for uh, for DraftKings. And I appreciate that. It tells me that they know who I am, they know what I like to bet on, and it keeps it easy for me. But if you're not seeing it at the top, you can always go to All Sports, and they have it listed under Motorsports. And, uh, you know, whenever the NASCAR Cup Series option pops up, I, I really enjoy that. Now, you have the option to kind of sift through the different filters. We start with winner, and that gets you top three, top five picks. Then you can sift into top ten. While we're in that section, I can tell you their top ten odds, not necessarily the greatest. Um, actually, I would say it's maybe some of the worst uh, for top ten, but... For top three, top five, that's pretty consistent with what the the rest of the sports books put out there. Um, their driver prop section is where you're going to see the head-to-head matchups, and for the most part, you know you're you're seeing minus 120 and plus 100 as far as the odds, like the spectrum. It's really kind of rare to see anything like more drastic than that. Um, when they released their featured matchups uh, before, you know, they kind of took that away. That's where you would see like minus 175, plus 150, that sort of thing. But for the most part, their head-to-head matchups now are really within that minus 120 to plus 100 range and then anything in between that, you know, minus 115, minus 105, minus 110 apiece. So you're getting some drivers that are matched up against each other that are pretty good, and I appreciate that. The big kicker with DraftKings that I think everyone can get behind is the fact that they are the only game in town that offers parlays for their head-to-head matchups. I don't know why other books are just completely unable to do it, but DraftKings is able to do it. And it changes the game. Big time. It absolutely changes the game. Because if you've got a couple favorites that you really like and you're looking for some better odds, right? Like, let's take Blaney minus 120 over Logano, for example. Yes, you know, I'll throw that in. I always throw the bets in um, that I talk about on the pod individually. But minus 120, you know, I'm going to need to throw up a little bit more cash to make that, you know, wet my whistle the way it should. But if I wanted to, you know, throw that in there with another plus or excuse me, minus 110 pick. Now, all of a sudden, you're looking at plus 250 and boom, two picks, two parlay, uh, two leg parlay. That's phenomenal. Good value. Throw up that same amount of money or maybe a little bit less, and you're really coming out on top. So I enjoy that. It especially is huge because it allows you to do it on the lower series as well. It's a huge check in the positive column that they are able to offer Xfinity bets and truck series bets. There are other sports books that do that. DraftKings is one of them. We got Barstool, MGM. They offered the trucks and Xfinity um, usually every week and usually get us some head-to-head matchups there as well. But the fact is, if you're someone who doesn't really follow Xfinity or follow the trucks all that much, you could still put together parlays on DraftKings for those races and have a lot of fun doing it. So, for example, I'll tell you, Xfinity, you know, not really my vibe. Trucks, I'm 100% into. I love studying the trucks. I love watching the trucks. Cup Series, obviously, that's what the show's about. The Xfinity Series, it's not really my thing. So when I have Xfinity on in an afternoon and I want something on it, I'll usually just throw a parlay in. The fact that I can do that just makes it so much more interesting to me. I you know, I can't explain it. I think gamblers just understand that. And 
DraftKings is the only game or the only book in town that you can do that on. So that's huge. Absolutely phenomenal. Now, I mentioned earlier in our finishing position section how we talk about these weekly specials. DraftKings, like MGM, is really getting into this. So they don't allow you to make your own like finishing position parlays, but they are really trying. They are really, really trying to make this more of a thing. So like I said earlier, we're taking JGR all to finish in the top 10. If you were to select all of those guys individually to finish in the top 10, it does not parlay that for you. But this is DraftKings you know, getting together and saying, hey, this is something that we should offer to our users uh, because it would be fun to track and fun to follow. So not too bad. I appreciate the fact that they're doing this. Two years ago, this was a pipe dream. Like you couldn't even imagine this. And I was one, for example, that has like written into their customer service, asking them, hey, why can't we parlay these things? And this is essentially, in a way, their response back to that. And so we talked last week about MGM. They've got, you know, a lot of stuff like that. DraftKings, this is just another thing that stands out to me as a, a huge positive. They're making strides. And, you know, I talk about customer service. This is a sports book that has the best customer service that I've experienced. Um, and when I say customer service, it could be anything where I have got a problem going on or I just have a question or a suggestion. You know, other sports books, FanDuel, for example, absolutely the worst customer service in the game that I've experienced. Um, MGM, for the most part, they're just trying to get you off the, the phone or the, the chat. DraftKings listens to the request, listens to the question. They respond thoughtfully and, you know, they will interact multiple times with you on a thread um, or an email thread and respond multiple times. They'll give you the answer that they, you know, can get best of their ability. And I always leave saying, you know, wow, they really tried, um, which is rare, like in anything in life, right? Not just sports books or betting and anything. It's really tough to find that level of uh, customer service. And I always feel like that's a, a really positive thing. Another thing that DraftKings has overall is they offer, you know, decent promos. So this is a little bit out scope, outside the scope of NASCAR, but it impacts my NASCAR betting because DraftKings definitely, without a doubt, has the best promos to fill your wallet on DraftKings to, to give you some like free bets, basically. So let me give you an example. College football season rolls around or, or NFL season rolls around. They always do it big to start the season off and they'll make a, a $50 max bet on something that is an absolute lock. It's not even a question. Uh, they usually call it like hammer the over or something like that. And all the team needs to do is score like one point and you hit your bet. So then all of a sudden you get an extra $50 in your account and it's basically funny money. Throw that $50 on a guy to win the race and now you're cooking uh, if that hits. So they do that better than anyone. You know, you can really get a lot of that funny money um, if you're just a constant user of the app. They'll give you promos like that. Maybe it's just for you. Maybe it's for everybody. But uh, it, it really is better than anybody else that I've seen that I use. MGM, FanDuel, or Barstool. Um, so that by itself is great because it allows you to just play around a little bit more. I mean, who wouldn't like more units to play with, depending on what your unit is, uh, to play with as you're talking NASCAR? It's even better. So 
Uh, overall, though, it just really is the, the best that I've seen. These weekly specials, they're really improving on that. They've got the bets, just like everybody else, for the race-winning manufacturer and then the top driver per manufacturer, driver to win the poll, group bets. It's all there, you know, and they do a great job of having it available. Um, now I'll nitpick a little bit because it is a, a sports book that I love. I'll nitpick a little bit. I wish we did have, say, for the group matchups, some drivers that just aren't the same guys every week. I, I wish we did see some mid-tier, lower-tier drivers available to play with every now and then. Say, Super Speedways, they do throw in some random names that makes it you know absolutely fun to play with. Uh, I always take those bets that I can see. For example, I saw Caesars has a, a group bet with, like, complete back markers like Joey or Corey LaJoy is like the the leader in that group. I need more of that with DraftKings. I feel like we're talking about the same people every week. We're talking about the same groups, the same drivers in the same types of matchups each week. I would just love some different views of some different drivers, some different matchups uh, here and there. So like I said, a bit of a nitpick situation. I do think that there's an opportunity available for more different types of bets. So really expand on the you know weekly specials. DraftKings experimented a little while back with Exacta bets, and I don't know if people hit them uh, and it like crushed them, but it was an opportunity for a gambler to say, okay, I think these two drivers are going to finish in the top two. It doesn't matter what order. That's a it's like a horse racing bet, and I've been a huge proponent of saying it needs to be more like that. And we should see those options out there. DraftKings experimented with that. And I loved it. And then they took it away. Um, I wish, you know, there was a little bit more of that. Maybe they experimented and they need to take it back to the lab and, and work on a little bit more. But I thought it was awesome. We talked about it on this podcast about how that was great. And then the week after that, it went away. Um, I also need a little bit more... Um, I don't know what to call it. Transparency. So they take the bets away during practice and qualifying, and then um, they put them back up. They have been better this year. I'll, I'll give them that. Last year, they would take the bets down for practice and qualifying, and then you know they would stay down for quite a while. It was actually like kind of concerning. Like, when are they going to come back up? Uh, last year, especially when qualifying was the same day as the race, it was like, will we even see that? So for trucks, for example, that still remains a, a question. I wish there was some sort of statement that said like, you know, 10 minutes after the practice and qualifying is over, we'll put these back up again. I'm nitpicking and th that's really for all books. Uh, but I feel like DraftKings is the most responsive with their, uh, customer service and the way that they put everything out there. So for onshore books, DraftKings, to me, in regards to NASCAR, the way they treat the NASCAR user, it is the best out of everyone that I use. So I'm going to give it a rating of 9.1. I think that that's super high and it's a good score and it leaves room for improvement down the road. So if you're a DraftKings user, let me know what you think. Um, if you disagree with that score, let me know why. I would love to hear about it and, and probably agree with you. But And if you're not a DraftKings user, let me know why. You know, maybe uh, maybe this is something that gets you involved and then you can tell me what you really think about it after you're using it. I am not in any way, shape, or form uh, being, you know, I know I'm jocking DraftKings really hard right now. 
and I'm not getting any uh, side deals from them. That would be pretty cool to be in talks with them for sure. But no, this is just a, a user of the app that's very happy with it. So um, yeah, I'd love to hear anybody else's opinion on the matter. So that's going to wrap up the DraftKings Sportsbook Review this week on the pod. So that'll do it for another episode of the Full Tank with Phil podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I really do appreciate it. And happy 4th of July weekend, everybody out there celebrating. And hope you have a profitable one with Road America for America's birthday. Next week for Atlanta, we're going to have Chris on from the Flag Hunting Pod. We're doing a little home and home. So he'll be joining me next week for a little full tank face-off action. So remember, drive fast, take chances, and we'll see you next week with Chris for Atlanta. Have no place to go. Have no place to go. Have no place to go.